hasarakande be shedre gadosa beki shobroseta haga sobrandeki bakashi braha dodose brekeshi basata dokesi pridonda beki surokonda dada seda hashi brakada dodosode beki shongo sombrogonda doso breki dase brohi shapagandesa breki shoprakodose hanga saranganda broki shobrodande beki soprodoshe heki sobrogonda daka sobrogeda Press in, press in, press in, press into praise, press into worship, press into those times when you're all alone and make a connection with God. For there's something about to flow your direction, something financial is about to flow your direction. Something material is about to flow. Provision like you've never seen before. But let the earth yield their increase because you've connected your mouth to praise. Not saying that you're not doing that now, but go further. Go further. Go further. Run harder. Run harder. Run harder. Run harder. It'll come to pass. It'll come to pass. Great financial deliverance so that you have not, such as you have not seen to this point in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Stephanie. Your prayers are pulling the lost out of darkness and into the kingdom of God. For you are travailing, you are travailing, you are travailing, you are travailing for those once again that will come into the kingdom and then once again until Christ be formed in them. Your prayers are pulling the lost out of darkness. So keep praying, pressing in, and you will feel what they will feel. And you will feel that hopelessness at times. It's not because you're doing anything wrong. It's not because you've been disobedient. It's because you're feeling the hopelessness of what the world has without Christ. Press through, press through, press through, press through. Your prayers are making a difference. Your prayers are making a difference. You're bringing things out of that realm and into this realm. You're bringing things out of that realm and into this realm. Things that are essential to the body of Christ and to this local church. Things that are essential to the body of Christ and to this local church. As you pull, as you pull things out of that realm and into this realm. A greater measure in, of anointing and prayer. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's praise Him. Let's praise Him. Let's praise Him. Let's praise Him. Renee, come on down here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's praise Him. Let's praise Him. Let's praise Him. Father, we bless You. Get that mic ready again. Hallelujah. It's time to, to stand. 
it's time to draw a line in the sand and say that I'm not moving from here. I am not moving from this place for this is where God is going to prosper me. This is where God is going to take me to places and have me to do things I've never done before. So I'm going to make my decision. I'm going to stand right here and nothing is going to push me off this place. Nothing is going to remove me from obeying God. Not the pressures of the world, not youthful lusts, not temptations of the outside. But Lord, here I am. Tonight I make a decision. I stand right here. I will not be moved. I will not be pulled away. I will not be tempted away to the anointing and the giftings you've put on my life. Now be blessed in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Let's praise Him. Let's worship Him. Let's praise Him. Let's worship Him. Let's praise Him and let's worship Him. Praise you and worship you, Father. Praise you. Praise you. Praise God. Reverend Randy. Hallelujah. Onga shobredi da dase, broko shi prande do dosondra ganda bose breki dosho braka donde beki sobra ganda doso breki dashi braka sonda haka shombra gedo doso breki doso drongi shanda. This is a season for you. It's a season of quietness. It is a season of peace. It is a season of unprecedented joy. In your life. It is a time that back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, those days are over. This is the days of your greatest growth in the things of God. The greatest days of growth, the greatest days of peace, and great days of financial blessing are coming upon you. Days of financial blessing are upon you. In one year, you will look back. And you will say, I remember this night. I remember that I'm walking into the things that were prophesied and spoken over me. The things that I believe I received this night. You will walk into them and you will look back a year from now and see where God has been faithful to you. In Jesus' name, receive it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 And hear this. And hear this. And hear this, that prosperity is going to come at the end of a season of quietness. At the end of a season of quietness. So study to be quiet. Study to be quiet. To lay low, to be quiet. And God will prosper you for it. Hallelujah. God will prosper you for it. Hallelujah. Father, we bless you tonight. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. Ann Harris. Get Ann out here. Hallelujah. Get Ann out here. Hallelujah. Keep praising him. Don't become a spectator. Don't you become a spectator. Breki sobronda, haka sobrande, beki sobronda, haka sobrade, eki sobronda, dake sobrande, doho soto do sobroko doshe, branga sopro go sobrondo dose, 
God is making you a mother in the faith. God is making you a mother in the faith. And a mother in the faith is somebody who is stable, somebody who is of great example, somebody who presses in and they have a relationship with the Father out of their spirit. God is going to show you things in your spirit. God's going to show you things to come. Don't you run out ahead of the plan of God. Don't you run out ahead of the plan of God. He will show you great things to come. And you will fellowship with the Father. And you'll say, I'll receive it, Lord. I'll do it. I'll obey, I'll obey you. And you'll be used to do things in the Spirit. You'll be used to administrate certain things. God will lay upon your heart certain situations and scenarios. He will inspire you with utterance to pray for the saints according to the will of God. And great deliverance will be wrought. And, and the folks will never have any idea that it was you behind the scenes praying for them. They'll never know that God gave you an assignment to pray because you will be willing and obedient. You say, Lord, here I am. Wake me up in the middle of the night if you need to. Lord, here I am. Wake me up early in the morning if you need to. Lord, here I am. Use me. And here's a greater anointing for those things of prayer. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's just praise Him. Let's praise Him. Let's praise Him. Let's praise Him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Bless Your holy name. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. We love standing in front of them with hands on you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. A uh, greater anointing to assist. A greater anointing to see and to hear. A greater anointing to assist. A greater anointing to see and to hear. Mm. Jesus' name. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your supply to the local church is very important. Your supply to the local church is very important. Your supply to the lo this local church is very important. You've been diligent as a mother. You've been diligent as a wife. You've been diligent in your supply to the local church. And it's very important. It's very important. It's very important. So keep pressing in. So keep pressing in like you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. And I hear this in my spirit. The Lord is so well pleased with you. So well pleased. You are a fantastic example of a mother and a wife 
pastor and a minister of the word. And I hear this in my spirit. The Lord is well pleased with you. Your diligence is paying off. You will never know the fullness of the fruit this side of heaven. Because there is being great fruit wrought by your example and your assistance in the supply that you bring to this local church. There is people's lives that have been saved by you praying. Glory to God. Well, that's fun to hear. That's good to know. Father, we love you. We love you, Father. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Father. Bless you, Father. We give you the praise tonight. We give you the glory. Praise God. Praise God. Let's just wait on him for just another moment. Make sure we don't miss anything. As far as I know right now, that's all that I have that I'm aware of. But I, I, I don't want to miss God. I don't want to. Father, we bless you tonight. Thank you. Father, we glorify you. Magnify you. Magnify you. Father, you're so good. You're so good. You're so good. You're so good. Well, Father, we praise you tonight. Let's just soak it in for a moment. Just worship him. Just worship God. Father, you're so faithful. You're so faithful. You're so faithful, Lord. Father, tonight is a night of consecration and dedication before you, Father God. Father, we commit ourselves. We commit ourselves to you. Father, to be less carnal, to be more spiritual. Father, to invest into the things of the spirit. Father, and let the things of the natural have less effect upon our reactions. Father, we just make zero investment into the natural. We're not trying to love this world. We're not trying to hold on to this world. Father, we're, we're, we're holding on to the things of God. We, we want the things of God. We want to press and contend. We want to bring those things from your realm into our realm, Father. That your name would be glorified. Lord Jesus, that your name would be exalted in this earth. That, Father, that your people would be increased. Father, that your name would be blessed and lifted high. And, Father, we love you tonight. We bless you. We praise you. We press in and we contend. And now, Father, as we uh, get into your word, we just thank you for all that you've written in your word for us to learn from. Father, for all the things that we have to go by. We don't have to be lost. We don't have to be clueless. We don't have to be wondering. Father, we can just get in, get the word, and get our answers. And now, Father, we'll receive the word with joy. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Be seated if you can. Isn't it good to be in church? <laughs> Hallelujah. See, that's, what, that's why it matters that you press in when the, when the minister is calling you to, you know, to press in. Because there's things by the, the Spirit of God that he would have us to do. There's things that are important for us to, to say. Amen? Even, even if they're, even if they're uh, things that uh, don't even pertain to you or... Or, you know, to you specifically, how many of you know we're not just here 
we're not here for us selfishly. We're here for, you know, sometimes those things by the Spirit of God, they need to be said before they can move forward. Hallelujah. You know, and uh, uh, of course, these are things that are prompted uh, by the Holy Ghost, but they, they need to be said. They need to be brought out. And had we not pushed in to praising and connecting and contending, and, and some of you I just, uh, just really commend because, uh, you know, you started pressing in at a level you haven't before, and that's important. So that right there is benefit enough. Amen. Amen. But how much more you see how it affects the body. That there was people here tonight, they had to hear those things. They needed to hear those things. The Spirit needed those words to be spoken to them. Amen. And if we don't, uh, uh, you know, contend, if we don't press in, you know, these are things that are unfortunately becoming lost to the body of Christ. Where uh, people are, you know, they're coming to church uh, just so carnal. They're coming just to follow the routine of service. And, oh my goodness, it looks different tonight. Oh man, it's different. Oh, I mean, here we are. Uh, you know, oh, we did more music and we took more time to praise and worship. And, and then there was things, oh, my goodness, singing in the spirit. Oh, wow, that's, uh, you know, that's radical. And, oh, man, uh, uh, tongues and interpretation, ooh, you know. Uh, I mean, praise God for those things. Now, of course, we can't turn those things on and off like a switch. But we need to contend for them. Amen. And, and when you bring your supply of, of praising and bring your supply of worshiping, there's just no telling what the Holy Ghost, you know, could bring into our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. You ready for the word? <laughs> We're just going to take a little walk through the Bible here tonight. If you have your Bible, if you want to go to Job chapter 32, I'm going to call this message tonight, Be Spiritual. Amen. Be Spiritual. I guess it's a fitting message for what the Holy Ghost would uh, be doing early on in this service. But Be Spiritual. As opposed to being carnal, right? Amen. Amen. Let's be spiritual. Now, of course, uh, over the last uh, couple services, um, we've been talking about how to hear the voice of God and being led by the Spirit of God. And uh, we've been talking about the fact that we were made in the image of God. We're going over to Job chapter 32, and we're going to look at verse 8 here in a moment. And uh, we looked at this verse on Sunday. We're going to just jump right back into it here again tonight. Amen. Spirituality, you know, where we've been talking about the fact that we are a spirit being. And it's time that we understand how to invest into our spirit man. Hallelujah. And not just our natural carnal man. That's what's going on in the body of Christ. Jesus has millions and millions of believers, but he has very few truly spiritual sons and daughters that are actually pressing in, contending, and understanding that the things on the outside are not nearly as important to the man, the spirit man on the inside. Amen? Spirituality is not just a matter of finding blessing from God. It is a matter of protection. It is a matter of safety. Because when Satan seeks to destroy a move of God or an institution of God, he is going to look for the carnal one in the bunch. Amen. Whether, he is trying, whether the devil is trying to destroy a local church, whether he's trying to destroy a family, whether he's trying to destroy a Christian business, if he's trying wow. to destroy a marriage, any institution or any move of God, amen, it's always, the devil is always going to look for carnality, for carnality to get in there and start uh, uh, disrupting uh, the leadership of the home, the leadership of the church, the leadership of the business, the, you know, the leader of the, the marriage, and so on. You know, uh, the devil's always trying to get in there, and he gets in through carnality. 
And this is where judgment comes into play. When we have allowed our own carnality to be the channel in which the devil uses to destroy the works of God, that's when judgment falls on God's people that their carnality starts to become a liability. I don't want my carnality to be a liability to this church. I don't want my carnality to be a liability to my marriage. I don't want my carnality to be a a liability to... Uh, uh, any business uh, that I was associated with. I don't want uh, my uh, carnality to be a liability to my marriage and so on. See, because the devil is always going to try to look to exploit carnality, right? And we understand it's a matter of protection and it's a matter of safety to make sure that we are truly spiritual people. Amen? And of course, the definition of being spiritual is being one that invests into their spirit man. A one that loves the things of the spirit more than the things of the natural. They love the things of God more than the things of the world. Amen. And that's what they put their investments towards. I mean investments of time, investments of effort, investments of money, investments in serving. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you what, so many times Christians, they don't, they fail to invest their expression. We need to invest our expression. You know what I mean? When it's time to praise and worship God, we have an investment to make to start expressing faith. Don't just stand there and think, well, I got faith in my heart. No, faith is dead without expression. Faith does not move until you speak, until you do something. Just because you say there's faith on the inside, God, that means nothing to God. What means everything to God is that you express that faith. Hallelujah. Don't say that you have praise on the inside and then not express that praise on the outside. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't say that, you know, uh, uh, you believe and, and don't tell your spouse that you love them without expressing your love. That's right. That's right. Amen. Why? What does the Bible say over there in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8? It says, for God demonstrated his love in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. God did not just sit in the heavens and say, humanity, I love you. Trust me. God gave his word, and then he expressed himself by sending his son, Jesus, to the earth and say, let me show you how much I love you. Because it is unfathomable to think of how much God loves Jesus. I mean, it is not measurable. It is not thinkable, if I can even say it that way. It's, It's not something we can perceive, conceive in our mind. It is not anything we could ever imagine what it took for God to send his son. And the Bible says that that was his ultimate demonstration of love. So don't you say that you love somebody, meaning your spouse, your wife. Don't say that you love the church. Don't say that you love God until you express it. Express it. Say, I love God with all my heart. Well, then your lifestyle will be the expression of your love of God. You know, you can't say you love God and then, you know, be sitting on the bar stool. It doesn't exist. Don't say you love God and then you won't come to church. Don't say you love God, but you can't stand his people. Don't say you love God and then you refuse to tithe. Don't say you love God and you refuse, you know, all these things, you know. Don't say you love God, but yet you can sit around, you know, watching trashy entertainment and so on. Don't say you love him without being a doer of the word of God. That's where our love is proven. You know, we'll just go that way for a moment. Go over to 1 John. Go to 1 John. Ah, This is off the the beaten path here. But we're talking about being spiritual. You know, and sometimes the people of God just have to be 
the, the people of God have to be reminded that that means how you live your life. <laughs> you know, we can't come in here and shout the shout and, and shout the praise and then leave here and not truly want to live in holiness. I'll tell you what, spirituality that comes from the inside, it will crave and desire holiness. Holiness, righteousness, amen, obedience. Go to 1 John 2 and verse 5. And it just, of course, gives us a real straight... (laughs) I love the book of 1 John. It's just straight talk, right? Straight talk. You don't need any Bible interpretation to understand 1 John Chapter 2 and verse 5, it says, But whosoever keepeth God's word, in him verily is the love of God, or the love for God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. How do you know that you love God? You do the word. Now, does that mean, you, you know, if you make one mistake, that means you don't love God? No, we're not talking about uh, making, you know, slipping into a sincere error. We're talking about a chronic lifestyle, Right? Where you just show God over and over and over that uh, you say this over here, you act this way in church, but then you go out into your, your, your lifestyle, you go into your home, you go into your daily routine, and uh, there's no change there. You know what I mean? It's just real simple. And I'm just speaking uh, out of my heart that we need to make sure that uh, we love God out of, out of our spirit. Being spiritual. It starts with, I'll tell you what, that... That, that spirit of God on the inside, as, as you seek and, and you grow closer to God, you will cry out for holiness. Yeah. And man, the moment you step out of it, it's like someone kicks you in the gut, yeah, yeah. right? And it just hurts to walk outside of God's will, knowing that you perpetrated evil or something, right? right? The Bible says uh, uh, over there, Proverbs uh, uh, chapter 8 and verse 13, it says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogancy in the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. The Lord says, you know, and that, that the word fear there, it just means dread. You know, uh, you could say it this way. The fear or the reverence of God is to dread to displease him. It's just so simple, you know, just to have that dread. Like, my goodness, it's not because God wants to smash you out. It's not because he's looking to kick you over the edge or something like that. But just that love for God. I mean, isn't that how you demonstrate your love for your spouse? I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I dread displeasing my wife. Not because she gives me a reason to dread, you understand. <laughs> that sounds like, she's going to make me pay if I displease her. No, I'm just talking about love will always manifest itself in a desire not to hurt the one you love. You know, I challenge every couple that I perform their, their, their marriage ceremony, I challenge them. And I, I tell both of them, I said, don't let anything you say or anything you do cause grief to the other you know because that's what love is god just think god would never do anything for our hurt he's never done anything for our hurt never ever he's only done everything for our good and for our benefit now imagine if we started living our lives with that kind of love for his kingdom that everything we do was to, to, to further the kingdom of God. Everything we do was to, 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 to see his people go higher and go further. Amen. Praise God. Just real simple. I know I'm not getting real clever up here tonight. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, let's talk about being spiritual. Go back there to the book of Job. We're going to go to uh, Job 32. And we're going to look at verse 8. Let me give you some definitions of carnality, though, before we go back over there to Job 32. Amen. 
The devil's going to seek the carnal one to try to hurt your marriage. Right? Isn't that what Satan found when he, when he needed some way to destroy Jesus? He found Judas. He found somebody with an excessive natural appetite. That's exactly right. Jesus, he needed to find somebody close to Jesus, someone that was close to leadership, someone that was close to him that had an excessive inappropriate appetite, and he found Judas who loved money. Judas loved money so much he was embezzling from the ministry, right? He betrayed Jesus. He handed Christ over to the hands of murderers for 30 silver pieces, right? And the, and the book of John says that uh, uh, Jesus called Judas the son of perdition, meaning the son of punishment or the son of judgment. See, we don't realize how judgment comes upon our lives when we start to, uh, uh, you know, that carnality allows the devil to come in and to hurt people around us, hurt our church leaders, hurt our spouse, hurt our kids, hurt our boss at work. Amen. Amen. We let carnality uh, uh, turn into complaining. Yeah, they start complaining about the boss. I'll tell you what, it is always, always the height of carnality when you are complaining about someone who's over you. Every time you complain about someone who's over you, you are complaining about Christ himself. Because Christ, he is the author of authority. He is the author of honor. I'll tell you what, every time you speak against your parents, you're speaking against Christ. Every time you speak against your pastor, you're speaking against Christ. Every time you speak against your boss, you're speaking against Christ. Every time you speak against your spouse, you're speaking against Christ. There's no honor there. You know, there's, 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 there's no integrity there. There's no character. Amen. In, in, in bashing somebody that's over you. Yes, people over you. Yes, your pastor can make mistakes. Yes, your boss can make mistakes. Yes, your spouse can make mistakes. But it does you no good. It does that situation no good to speak negatively about somebody over you. Amen. We need a revival of reverence back in the church today. We need a restoration of reverence where we see these people over us and people say, well, they don't do right. They, we thought that our leader's actions gave us a right to talk trash about them. You know, uh, uh, our, our, our president, our congressman, our, our national leaders, it gives us no right to bash our leaders, no matter how much you disagree with them, no matter how many mistakes, it does you no good to sit there and, and, and rip them, right? To tear them down. Absolutely, there's no honor in that. That's right. I've, I've tried my best as much as I... You're allowed to disagree, you know? You're allowed to disagree, but it's the hate speech. It's the, it's the hate, you know, it's that, that you know, uh, dishonorable talk that'll get you in trouble. Amen. Amen. You know, no matter how much I've disagreed with our current president, I know that God has ordained that authority, even though God, might, God himself might not agree with a lot of policies. And I'll tell you what, he doesn't. However, that does not give us the right to personally attack and assault somebody. Yeah. Amen. That's Same right. goes true. That's on a national scale. You could come down to uh, your own personal life, you know, with people that are, are in your life. You know, you better be careful how you talk about somebody who's a believer in Christ. Because one of the greatest challenges against a person's spirituality will be when they see one of God's children making bad mistakes. 
Think about how that challenges your spirituality. Because if you think that that gives you license to talk about them and to, to bash them. And, and you look at them and say, oh, I would never do that. The moment you are out there talking that you will never do that, you are inviting yourself. I tell you, I can't tell you how many times I've seen that over the last six years of pastoring this church. That people will come to me and, and they'll just start uh, uh, just belittling another believer about what they're doing. And then within a year's time, they themselves are doing something worse. Absolutely. The Bible says, ye which are spiritual, seek to restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted, right? Galatians 6.1. Right? Doesn't it say if a brother is overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual. Yeah. You which are spiritual. That's right. Spiritual people, they seek to forgive. They seek to restore. They seek to help. They seek to increase that person. They never look to beat them when they're down. Good word. That's what spirituality is. Spirituality doesn't complain. Spirituality doesn't look at someone else who gets blessed by God and start uh, uh, getting jealous. Man, how, how many people do that? Christians have been taught. I mean, they themselves will be seeking blessing from God and someone else in their life will get th- that exact blessing that they were hoping for. And the next thing you know, guess what out starts coming out? All the complaining, all the griping, all the backbiting uh, against the, the, the man or woman of God who got blessed with what they wanted to get blessed with. Amen. Oh, my goodness. Be careful. Be careful. Don't let... How, how do I want to phrase this? Don't let the things you desire most, don't let them feed you ammunition against God's people. I've seen it so many times. I'll see people that are, are, are believing for a, a godly spouse. I'll see people that are believing for, a, 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 you know, a new car, a new job, a bigger house, or whatever, and they will, they will see someone else get exactly what their heart's number one desire is, and they will start bashing, right, the people that have what they desire. Oh, yeah. Be careful, because when you saw that person get exactly what you desire and what you've been believing for, that was your test. That was your opportunity to see whether or not you qualify for blessing. Oh my goodness, people will be believing stuff. They'll be believing for relationships, they'll be believing for children, they'll be believing for jobs, they'll be believing, and they'll see, they'll hear another testimony, they'll be believing for healing, and they'll see someone else just get miraculously healed, and the next thing you know, out comes their mouth is, why them? When it should have come, what should have come out of your mouth is, I'm so glad it was them. I'm glad it was them. Praise God for what he did in so-and-so's life. He did that, and I'm next in line. Hallelujah. He did that for them, he'll do it for me. So you start rejoicing with people that get blessed. Spirituality rejoices with people that get blessed. Does not complain about. <laughs> I'm just kind of just preaching here. I'm not even getting into my message. I guess this is my message. Amen. It's good to hear from the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And uh, uh, other things people do is that they will get disturbed. They would prefer to, you know, uh, to to, to speak against somebody who's not going through their same trial. Let me tell you what people do. Don't they do this? I mean, they will get this idea, well, you can't help me. 
you don't understand because you've never been in my position, you've never been in my situation, therefore your compassion means less to me. Is that what compassion is? Is compassion meaning, do you only qualify to have compassion for somebody because you've been through what they've been through? Compassion isn't something that you got or you learned from the outside. Compassion is what came on the inside when God shed abroad the love of God by the Holy Ghost in your heart. I don't need to go through somebody else's crisis before I have compassion for them. Because I don't have a world's idea of compassion. I've been granted compassion by the Spirit of God on the inside of me. And there's people out there that unless you go through or have been through what they're going through, that they think that they start to get upset with you. They get almost mad at you. Oh, and they don't listen to the Word of God and, you know, coming from you. Because they say, well, you don't qualify to speak into my life because you're not going through what I'm going through. And they get upset, and they start to complain, and they start to belittle because someone else hasn't gone through their crisis. What, do I have to go through your crisis before I have compassion? There's only one person on this earth that has ever faced every crisis of humanity, and that's Christ. There's only one person that faced every disease. There's only one person that faced every insult. There's only one person that faced every crisis of humanity and who's qualified. Yes, that's right. Amen. That's right. And I'll tell you what, I'm not Jesus Christ. You're not Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you what, you need to make sure that you don't find yourself attacking somebody just because they didn't go through what you went through. Yeah, right. Amen. Amen. Right? They get offended. See, spirituality doesn't allow this natural realm to dictate their reactions. Why is this realm dictating your reactions? Spirituality is not moved by the natural realm. (laughs) You know, I I believe with all my heart, I I am pursuing, not that I have uh, obtained, but I want to to, to be at a point where this world doesn't, I, I don't have any reactions for this world. Now, we can, of course, glorify God and praise Him for for the blessings that He moves into our life. We can rejoice with good testimonies, right? That's completely appropriate. But I tell you what, uh, uh, we we are to have no reaction about gas prices. The only reaction we're allowed to have and we're supposed to have is the reaction of faith. Right? right. I'm not going to allow a sickness and disease to come on my life and let it move my reactions. And move me into panic and move me into worry. We're not to be moved, right? Our reactions are not supposed to be moved by this natural realm. And Christians all over the place, they are so moved by the natural realm. And it's because it's a lack of spirituality. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what. Go ahead. Anyone in here, raise your hand if you are, are, have ever been aware of, of all the time that you've known me, been aware of any crisis that I've ever faced. Raise your hand. Be honest. There's not one hand in here. And because, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing this out of pride. I'm just saying that this is my goal. Yeah. Is that if I was going through crisis right now, you wouldn't know it. Yes. And if someone walked up to me before service and gave me a million dollars, you wouldn't know it. Right. Yes. Sure. You have no idea. If the doctor diagnosed me with cancer today, you wouldn't know it. Yeah. 
If someone came up and slapped a million dollars in my hand or gave a million dollars in the offering for this church, you wouldn't know. Well, you might know that. <laughs> we might rejoice about that as a church together. Right, 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 right. You understand. But whether, I, whether I'm walking around with all the money in the world or I'm walking around on my last dime, you're not going to know it. Yeah. Because my reactions in this life are not based upon this life. Yeah. My reactions in this life should be based upon the word of God. Hallelujah, because true belief will trump any circumstance that you're going through. Hallelujah. Spirituality is not moved or not reacting to this this world. And what I mean is, you know, uh, people start hearing about job losses and, 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 and people getting laid off from a company and they start panicking. They don't realize that the natural realm just moved them into a place of carnality. They just became a channel of their own destruction. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll get told something from the doctor. And that reaction is the moment of truth for you. That reaction. What is going to come out of you when you get squeezed? Because at that moment, amen, you see all these things that just come against our thought life? What doctors tell you? What other people get? What other people get blessed with? How are you reacting? How are you reacting? Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to try to get to some of my notes here. <laughs> I'm going to give you some definitions of carnality. I've given you several already. Carnality is a lack of being focused on spiritual things. Right? Carnality is when you are more aware of natural things. Therefore, you're moved by natural things. Natural things excite your emotions more than anything. Wow. Oh, Amen. Carnality is when you have excessive natural pursuits. Oh my goodness, isn't that true? People, all they're doing, they're out there pursuing just natural stuff. Carnality is excessive natural appetites. It's when your mind only thinks of earthly things. Carnality is when you listen to the voice of the flesh. Here's a good definition of carnality. These are things that were just kind of coming up out of my spirit, and I was writing them down. Carnality is investments into the natural realm. <laughs> Listen to this. Carnality is when you pursue or learn the dynamics of the natural realm more than the dynamics of the spiritual realm. They, they just care about how this world works. It start, it's time to start learning how that world works. Yeah. Hallelujah. Here's one. Carnality is when you pursue what the natural realm has to offer. Do you realize that? If you're born again, if you're filled with the presence of God, do you realize how very little this realm holds for you? Yes, there's things that we naturally can enjoy. Yes, we're still to have a natural life. God wants you to enjoy your family. He wants to enjoy trips and vacations. He wants you to enjoy the creation of God that he made for you. He wants you to subdue it. He wants you to have rule and reign over it, right? Amen. He wants you to have a natural life, but not at the expense of your communication with him. Yes, right. Amen. You know, so many people, they, they just pursue natural things. They think that this realm has more to offer them. This realm does not have very much to offer. That realm, the spirit realm, communication with God is where we have all things offered to us, right? The best things that are offered to us are in the realm of the spirit, right? And, of course, carnality is what I've, I've already said, is when the natural realm can get a reaction out of you. Isn't that exactly right? Now, it doesn't mean you're wrong because you feel that feeling 
you, when you feel the, the, the presence of a spirit of fear. Just because you can feel it, you know, just because you sense it, just because your emotions start picking up on it, that doesn't make you wrong. What makes us wrong is when we start giving voice to those emotions, when we start giving voice to that fear, when we start saying, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Oh my goodness, why is this happening to me? Oh my goodness, why are they getting blessed and I'm not? See, people start putting voice to those emotions. We have to understand that your emotions are not the candle of the Lord. God does not call you to live by them. He doesn't call you to be defined by your emotions. He causes you, he calls you to be defined by the inner man, by the spirit man on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're going to just take a little walk through the word here tonight, just uh, talking about your spirit man. Amen. So many marriages are being tested because one of them in the marriage is carnal and the other one's spiritual. Have you learned this? That one of the worst places to be is to be right at that place where spirituality and carnality collide. Nothing divides like spiritual matters. I've seen so many marriages absolutely just suffer because one is spiritual and the other is carnal. And I'll tell you what, when those two worlds collide, there is massive friction. Amen. And if you're in that situation, you know, uh, uh, maybe you're, you're here tonight and you happen to be the carnal one of your marriage. If that's you, well, then take it up to a whole new level. Amen? Yeah. Take it up to a whole new level. Start. I'll tell you what, that's what I, I love about my wife. It's not the only thing I love about my wife. But I love about my wife. She's spiritual. Yeah. Amen. And I, I mean, I, I just watch her go higher and higher spiritually. And I'll tell you what, she knows that I'm a competitive guy. And I'm not going to let her know more than me. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'll tell you what, there's just, a, there's just a battle between spirituality and carnality. We know that the spirit and the flesh are always at war. Not just within ourselves, but within our jobs. It can be a war within our marriage. Right? Amen. Hallelujah. Spirituality, what's the cure? Spirituality is the cure. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, let's go to Job 32. I told you we'd get there eventually. In verse 8, he says this. Elihu says this. It's just a, a statement that's probably a couple thousand years ahead of its time. He says, but there is a spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. Meaning that God gives us understanding through our spirit. He does not give you understanding through your flesh or your body. He does not give you understanding through your mind. He gives you understanding in your spirit. We have to realize that we are three-part beings. We are spirit, we are soul, and we are body. Your spirit is on the inside of you. It is the center of your being. It is the part of you that makes communication with God. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your intellect, right? It's how you contact the emotional realm. All right? And the third part of you is easy to understand. It's the body or the flesh. It's how you contact the physical realm. Do you understand that? We are spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. Spirit is what contacts God, communicates with God. Your mind is what communicates with the natural realm and the realm of the emotions. Right? Your body is what touches this physical realm. So we understand that. And this is what people are doing. They are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to grow their flesh, to grow their mind, and they're not making any investment into the spirit of man. And they're wondering why things aren't working out for them. They're still miserable, regardless of how much money they have. 
They're still helpless. You know, their families are still falling apart. All these things. Everything's going wrong for them because they forgot to invest in the part of their nature that truly matters. Is that part that God speaks to the spirit of man, right? The word inspiration here, it's actually the Hebrew word for breathing upon. Meaning that God literally breathes upon man's spirit. And I used this illustration last Wednesday. It's like uh, wind over hot coals on the inside of you. It might not come in the form of words. It might come in the form of an inward intuition. Just a sense, a knowing on the inside, a witness Something telling you, an itching, a scratching on the inside, telling you what to do or what not to do. That is the voice of God. That is the preferred method that God wants to lead his people. He's not going to speak to you in the audible voice. God is not going to give you a sign out here. Stop looking for, uh, for outward signs from an inward speaking God. Stop looking for an outward sign. Stop looking and say, well, that job will be for me if uh, I look at their break room and they have my favorite coffee in the break room. That's ridiculous. Don't buy a house because the siding is your favorite color. Right? Don't say, well, it was God. God. God gave me a sign. He does not give you signs. <laughs> I got to say that loud because believers, even at family church, even over years and years of being taught, still think that God gave them an outward sign to do something. Why would God give you an outward sign when this is the realm that Satan is the God of? Right? Second Corinthians 4, 4 says, in, in whom uh, uh, the God of this world has blinded the eyes of those that believe not. Right? The God of this world, lowercase g, who's, who's the God of this world? Satan is, right? Jesus called him the prince of the earth. Satan is the prince of the earth. Paul said in Ephesians 2, 2, he said he, that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. That's right. He has royalty in the natural realm. No. Why would God lead you in Satan's realm? He doesn't. He leads in the realm of the spirit. He gives inspiration to the spirit of man on the inside. In what we call the still small voice, right? Amen. Hallelujah. Go to Proverbs. Let's just take a little walk through the Bible. We go to Job, Psalm, and then Proverbs. Go to Proverbs chapter 18. And we're just going to look at some scriptures here. Hallelujah. Let's be spiritual. Glory to God. Amen. Spirituality is just simply investing into the ability to communicate with God. Right? investing in the ability to communicate with God. That's what it means to be spiritual. To contend for God's voice. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, I mean it with all my heart. There is nothing more exciting, nothing more thrilling, nothing more than I love more. Nothing, nothing is as good as hearing the voice of God. And when God speaks to you, and, and you uh, know how to discern the voice of God, it is addicting. It is awesome. You know, uh, uh, God has spoken to me, you know, so many times, leads me every day with an inward witness, sometimes the authoritative voice, and I'll tell you what, it just keeps me hungry for more. Yes. It's awesome. Because every time I obey that inward witness, it works out. Yes. Good things happen. People get blessed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
Praise the Lord. Proverbs chapter 14, or excuse me, chapter 18, verse 14. It says this, it says, The spirit of man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. Now there's some good truth in here. Look at the first half of that verse. It says, The spirit of man will sustain his infirmity. That word sustain, it means to nourish. That infirmity, it means a bodily weakness. Okay? Sickness or disease could be included, but it's not exclusive to sickness and disease. Okay? Notice it says this. The spirit of man will nourish his natural body. You could say it that way. The spirit of man will nourish his body. There's a lot of people that they think they're facing a sickness problem. And it might not be a sickness problem at all. It could be a spiritual problem. Sure. Sure. Amen. You know, there are, there are things out there. I've talked to a lot of people that they've gotten into, you know, doctors. And please know this, we're pro-doctor. Sure. The Bible speaks positively of doctors and medicine and so on. We have wonderful uh, people that work in, in the medical field at this church. And God, God, had, God used a doctor to write two books of the New Testament, right? Luke, the beloved physician, right? Amen. Amen. So God speaks highly. The Bible says, and over there in Proverbs 17, 22, a merry heart does good like a medicine. Medicine does good. So God isn't belittling medicine, and neither am I. Amen. But there are people that they have realized, for some reason, they have certain uh, issues, they have certain conditions, and all of a sudden, for some reason, medicine won't work on them. The medical field, uh, their condition won't be dealt with with medicine, and doctors can't figure it out. And then sometimes they'll perform surgery. And they'll go get in there and they'll cut out the problem only to find months or years later that the same problem just shows up somewhere else again. And see, why that is, is because there can be, not always, listen to me, there can be a spiritual problem there. That what has happened is that they have not invested into their spirit man and the spirit man has no way or no capability to nourish the natural body. See, because the life of God in our spirit is supposed to be feeding and fueling our natural body. See, an investment in your spiritual life is always an investment in your health. Always, 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 always. I'll tell you what, the people that pray more, they'll be healthier. The people that seek God, they'll be healthier. People that, that spend time in the Word, meditate in the Word, they'll be healthier. The Spirit of God will speak to them, warn them about unhealthy lifestyles. Amen. Aren't you glad that there's a spirit on the inside of you? You have the spirit of man that is nourishing your natural body. Glory to God. You don't need to turn there, but look at Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 30. We'll bring that up. It says this, a sound heart, or you could say this, the spirit. A sound spirit is the life of the flesh, but envy... The rottenness of the bones, right? Now, envy or anger, that word envy is literally the Hebrew word for anger or foul temper. Foul temper will actually rot the human body. Because anger is a spiritual issue. Anger will break down a a person's spiritual health. And when their spiritual health is suffering at the hands of anger, now their natural body will suffer as a result. Because notice, a a sound, a peaceful spirit is the life, that word life is a Hebrew word for strength. It's the strength of the flesh. Glory to God. 
Hallelujah. So this is why it's important to understand our spirit man. This is why it's, um, uh, it's important to invest into our spirit man. This is why it's important not to be a complainer. This is why it's important not to be a, a hater or an insulter or being malicious against people that are in our lives or anyone anywhere, right? Amen. Hallelujah. Because it can affect our natural health. Hallelujah. Because the spirit is the life of the body. Healing is not a physical condition only, right? It's a spiritual issue. Hallelujah. There are some physical symptoms that are really spiritual symptoms. Now, please qualify that statement. I didn't say all. I said, but there are some. You know, if, if for some reason, I mean, you're believing God, believing God, believing God, doing all that you know how, you've seen doctors, and there still isn't being any progress made in your health, then I'll tell you what, if it were me, I would examine myself spiritually, and I would get before God, and I would wait before God, I would pray in the Spirit before God, and let Him deal with me, and check if there's any issues in my heart. Amen? That's right. Hallelujah! See if there's something that I've disobeyed. See where somewhere I haven't made the investment in him like I should. Right. Somewhere where I haven't sought him like I should. Somewhere where I've given carnality place in me. I'm going to seek him. Right? Hallelujah. I'm going to seek him. And it's not because we're trying to promote a self-blaming attitude or some kind of self-condemnation or anything like that. But if for some reason you're using your faith and results are not forthcoming in a reasonable amount of time, get before God and find out why. Because I don't know about you, but I believe that this word works. When the Bible told me that Jesus carried my sickness and my pain, I believe that. When the Bible says that I'm healed by his stripes, I believe that. Amen. Hallelujah. I believe when he says I'm the healed of the Lord. I believe when he says... Uh, uh, I forget not all of his benefits. He forgives my sins. He heals all, all my diseases. I believe how, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the spirit and with power. Who went about doing good, healing all those that are oppressed of the devil. He heals all. He heals all. He heals all. And for some reason, I'm using my faith and it just keeps going on and results aren't forthcoming. I'm going to get before God and find out why. Yeah. And I know this, I'm not going to put the blame on God's side. That's right. I'm not going to say, well, God, it isn't working. Come on, come on. Right? Yeah. Amen. I'm not going to say, well, that, that just isn't working for me. Have, you, have we learned that yet? Do you have the mentality that if there's something not forthcoming, it's not a problem with God? That's right. That's right. That's it's right. a problem with me. <laughs> and I want to find out where I'm missing it because human beings are capable of missing it. Right. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, if you, you, you keep getting it dealt with by medical science and yet it keeps popping up other places in your, your, your body. You know, it's kind of like that gopher game at the arcade, right? One head pops up, bang! And the other one, boom! You know, you ever played that arcade game with that big mallet? Oh, come on, I love that game. Yeah, when, we, when we were teenagers, we learned a little trick. Because you know how those games, they give out tickets. We learned the, we learned the trick, don't use the mallet. Use two or three friends just to hold down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just to hold down their. Okay, don't do that. That's criminal. <laughs> wow. Where'd you learn how to cheat the game out of tickets like that? At church. Yeah. I'm kidding. Please understand. No, I did do that, but we don't do that now. You know, that game, you know, and if, you know, you keep smacking one down and it keeps popping up other places in your body, check on with God. 
Sometimes that game reminds me of pastoring a church. <laughs> you know, an issue comes up, bang. Pastor Tim, my finances aren't working out. Start tithing, bang. Pastor Tim, uh, my, my marriage is falling apart. Stop sinning, bang. <laughs> anyway, but let's be spiritual. Let's seek God. And let's make sure if we're believing God, I'll tell you what, faith works. Faith works. And if some reason my faith is breaking down, I want to know why. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Do you understand that what's on the outside is a reflection of what's on the inside? Always remember that. What's on the inside. And people, don't you dare walk out of here and say, Pastor Tim believes that somebody who gets sick, the problem is because they're a rotten person. Is that what I'm saying? No. I'm talking about from a personal standpoint, if you've been taught faith, if you've been seeking God, and for some reason your healing is just not forthcoming, it's time to seek God. Right? It's time to find out why, because we believe the Bible works every time. Amen. If we work it correctly, right? Praise the Lord. You're in Proverbs. Go over to chapter 20 and look at verse 27. We're just talking about the spirit of man and being spiritual. Hallelujah. I, didn't, I don't have any great organizational skills in this message tonight. We're just taking a walk through the Word. Proverbs 20. I meditated on these scriptures, and I sought God if he wanted me to organize this message a certain way, and I didn't get any certain way, so I just decided to walk through the Word in order. Amen. Proverbs 20 and verse 27. It says, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. So we see here that... That your spirit is the leading tool. It's the leash that God has on you. Right? Right down here in your spirit. Now notice what the rest of the verse says. It says, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Meaning that right on the inside here. I mean, literally, not up here in your head, not out here in your flesh, but down here in the belly or the center of your being is where God is going to talk. When I pray, that's where I put my focus. When I'm, when I'm making a decision, that's where I put my focus. When I'm trying to listen for what God is saying to me, if I get quiet before God, I put my focus down on the inside. I quiet my mind, and I just focus down on the inside. Yes. And you might take, it might take a while to be quiet before you get that leading. It might take several days of praying in your, in your prayer time and, you know, to, to, to get a leading. But that leading will come. Yeah. Amen. 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 It'll come. Now, we know that the the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Amen. Hallelujah. Go all the way to the New Testament. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And let's see what the New Testament says about the spirit of man. Hallelujah. Just teaching about the fact that we're spirit beings. Be spiritual. Look inwardly. Stop looking outwardly. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's start in verse 11. 1 Corinthians 2, 11. Paul writing to the church. He's writing to us. And he says, For what man knoweth the things of a man? Isn't that true? There's things for us. The things of a man. The things that are, uh, are, are essential to our personal lives. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of of God. Now, notice this. 
that you aren't going to learn anything for, for your personal life unless you learn it from your spirit man. Meaning you won't learn anything for, from God for your life. You won't learn it from your mind. You won't learn it from your flesh. The Bible says, what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him. So where are your things, right? On the inside, in your spirit. Where's, where's that, uh, uh, that, that next place that God has for you? Where's that, that, that next leading? Where's that uh, n- next place of provision? Where's that next place of, of anointing? Where is it? It's in here. What are the things that God has for your life? That means natural things and spiritual things. Where's another move of anointing in your life? Right here in your spirit. Where's that next house that you need? It's in here. Where's that job that you need? It's in here. God's going to lead you. Pray it out. For what man knows the things of a man save the spirit of man that's on the inside of him, right? Just That would be like, like trying to... No, notice it goes on to say, even so, the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God, right? The spirit of God knows the things of God, right? Isn't that awesome? I mean, what if we tried to know God apart from the Holy Spirit? It would be ridiculous, right? It'd be foolish. In the same way, it would be foolish to try to learn the plan of God for our lives without developing our spirit man. Amen. Let's keep on reading. Go to verse 12. It says, Now we've received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. God gave us this spirit. God put his spirit in our hearts that we will know the things that he's freely given. Spirituality will, will, you know, when you seek God in your spirit, that is where you're going to get the revelation. That is where the light bulb is going to go off about healing. That is where the light bulb is going to go off about speaking in tongues. It's where the light bulb is going to go off about uh, uh, prosperity. That is where the light bulb is going to go off uh, when, you, when you read the word, there's something on the inside of you that is just going to pop and you're going to realize God hasn't called me to depression. God hasn't called me to, to, to sickness and disease. God hasn't called me to, to barely get along street. God hasn't called me to some miserable life. When you see the word of God, your spirit's going to be fed and that faith is going to build in your spirit. Glory to God. And you're just going to all of a sudden realize, my goodness, God has freely given me salvation. He has freely given me, glory to God, healing. These things are free. What do you do when you're at the yard, sa- the yard sale and they have the free table? What does that mean? You don't have to go to the cash register. You take it. And you don't have to converse with anybody. You don't need anyone's permission you don't need anyone's okay. You say, that's the free table. I can take this. I can take that. I can take this. And it's not stealing. It's not robbing. They provided it. I don't need anyone else to tell me what I can have or can't have. Right. If it's free, I take it. Yes. Right? Have you ever, you know, uh, you know uh, driven by someone's house and, and, and seen like a piece of furniture or something out there, like uh, tires or something? They'll have a little sign on there that says free. Yeah. And people stop by and say, hey, I need those tires. And when, this, when the sign says free, you don't even have to knock on the door. That's right. You just take it. Why? Because that free sign was just as equivalent as it being yours. That's that is exactly what Jesus has done for, he, uh, for us for healing. Yeah. I don't have to talk to him about it. Yeah, right. Come on. Do you understand that? By faith, I can just take my healing. I can just say, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I am the healed of the Lord. Yes. I can just take it. 
I don't have to work up some fanciful prayer. Yeah, right. You know, some people, they're thinking that God's going to heal them because they can pray, like, ornately. You know what I mean? Fancy prayer. And my goodness, that was liturgical and gurgical and dirgical. Oh, how spiritual you were because your prayer was so fancy. They think that God is a respecter of some kind of educated prayer. He's not. He's not, he's not, he's not impressed with big words. He's smarter than you. He's not a respecter of education. He's not a respecter of that. He's a respecter of saying, God, you said I could have it, and I take it by faith. I believe I receive it in Jesus' name. I am the healed of the That's Lord. Right. That's right. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. But Christians are still knocking on the door. Lord, I pray that you would heal me. Lord. And, and God's coming to the door. He said, I put a sign on it. It said free. Yes. That's right. That's right. No, but God, God, do this, do this, do this. He's going to say, I've already done it. I put the free sign on it. I put the free sign on it. What do you do to receive salvation? Don't you just say, you confess Jesus is Lord. You can say, I believe Jesus is Lord. And though God hears that, do you know that, that, that confession for prayer, it's not even something you have to talk directly to God. You understand what I'm saying? It's just something you say, I believe Jesus is Lord. Now, of course, God hears that. But it's not necessarily a conversation between you and God. It's just you saying, I believe salvation is free and I take it by faith. That's right. Hallelujah. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that you never have to speak directly to God. Of course you do. You need to communicate with him and fellowship with him. But the things that he's provided for you, you just take it by faith. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Look what he says here in verse 13. Actually, drop down to verse 14. He says, but the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. The the word natural there, it means carnal. The carnal man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. That means your outward, natural man cannot hear, cannot be led by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God cannot show you in your flesh. The Spirit of God cannot show you with your eyeballs what's yours. He can only show you on the inside of your spirit. Hallelujah. See, this is when a person is carnal, is when they believe that the things of the word are foolishness. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. They are understand. That word discerned, it means examined. It means understood. Amen. Hallelujah. There's people out there, there's Christians that believe that God doesn't provide divine healing. You know, they believe that divine healing is foolishness to them. Do you know why? Because they've tried to understand it carnally. They never discerned through the word. They never discerned by praying and fellowshipping with God. You know? I mean, what if you try to conduct a marriage where you never talk to your spouse? Oh, believe me, I see people try it all the time. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. In the same way, if you talk to God, you'll start to learn his character. If you fellowship with him and you start to hear his voice on the inside, you start to realize, my goodness, now I understand that verse when he's talking about, uh, I am the Lord God that heals you. He is a healer. He is is a a, a giver. He is a a, a prospering God. Hallelujah. But the natural man, the carnal man, the outward man, can't receive those things. Can't receive it. So all this to say, go to 1 Peter. I'm just taking you for a walk through the Word. 
I'm not trying to be clever. I'm just trying to get you to see, my goodness, I'm a spirit man. My goodness, there's a spirit on the inside. I need to make investments that way. I need to look to God on the inside. I need to be led by my spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is why Christians are so moved in this life. Everything matters so much to them because they have, they, they, they have only a perception of the natural realm and they never got a good look at the realm of the spirit. Hallelujah. Go to 1 Peter. I said over there in chapter 3. And let's look at verse 4. Look what Peter says. And he's talking about, um, you know, the different decorations that people wear. Specifically, he's talking about women. And he's not saying that you can't wear jewelry. He's just saying that your outward jewelry better not be the best thing about you. Right? Nothing wrong with ladies wearing jewelry. Praise God. Nothing wrong with women wearing makeup. My goodness, let's not go down that road. Like Brother Hagen always said, if the barn needs painting, paint the barn. That's right. Right? And praise the Lord. Now he's talking about with the decorations that people put on themselves. He says, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. Now look what he says here. He's talking about the spirit man. He's talking about your inward being. He says, let it be the hidden man of the heart. He said, instead of focusing on just decorating the outside of your body, why don't you focus on decorating the spirit man on the inside? Right? Because your spirit man can be increased He can grow on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let me show you that. Go back to the book of Ephesians. Actually, go go to 2 Corinthians. Let's go back a little bit. Go to 2 Corinthians. And let's go to chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 4. Now, what do you want to be known for? You just want to be known for the clothes you wear and in the jewelry you wear and how educated you are in your mind, how much you've accomplished in the natural. I don't want to be known for that. I want to be known for what I've accomplished and how I've grown in the Spirit. Glory to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, let's go down to verse 16. It says, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Here's the point that you must understand is that this inward man can grow. Your inward man isn't just something that, uh, just because you're born again, it isn't at its height of potential. It can still grow. It can be added to. It can be strengthened. Here, this word renewed, notice it says, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. That word renewed, it means to have vigor added to it. To have vigor added strength added to it. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Now remember, we saw in the book of Proverbs that our outside will be governed by the inside, right? My health. And you can say this, your prosperity. People under God's plan will prosper when their spirit man prospers. Hallelujah. Because then you can't handle outward prosperity unless you have the right character in your spirit, right? Right? In the same way, our, our flesh will prosper when our spirit man prospers. Yeah, amen. Now notice he says, the inward man is renewed or strengthened day by day. Now that doesn't just happen automatically. 
And I believe that's what you're here for. You're here to learn how to grow and to strengthen that spirit man. Well, I'm going to be teaching you that, not all tonight, you understand. But I had to first take you through the word and, and, and get you meditating along the line that I am a spirit being. I have an inward man. The inward man is the real me. Your flesh is not the real you. It's just your shell. Right? Wouldn't you be pretty disappointed if you went to the, the grocery store and you bought a dozen eggs and you, you got home, you started cracking open eggs and there was only shells? You would say, this isn't an egg. Yeah, right. This isn't a real egg. This is a jit. Right? Sure. You say, wait, the outside wasn't the part that mattered. It was the yoke. It was that yoke on the inside that mattered. It's the same thing with us. Yes. You know, this, 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 this body that we live in is just a shell. The inside is what God's looking for. Yes. It's what God is, is seeking and desiring. Amen. Hallelujah. And that inward man can be renewed, strengthened, and had vigor added to it. Go to the book of Ephesians. Go to Ephesians. Oh, let me see. Go to Ephesians chapter 3. And why don't we start in verse 14. Paul is praying here for believers. Glory to God. I'm an inward man. I'm a spirit being. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching the inward parts of my belly. A sound spirit is the strength of the flesh. Glory to God. The spirit of man sustains him in his infirmity. My spirit is what's nourishing my outward life. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, Paul starts praying for Christians. And look what he says here. He says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Holy Spirit in the inner man. So notice this inner man, again, can be strengthened, and it tells us how by the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God is is strengthening our spirit man. Hallelujah. Now notice it says strengthened with might. With might. With might. What happens if you get some might added to you naturally? You can pick up things you never picked up before. You can do things you never did before, right? I've done a little bit of exercising. Don't ask me how much lately. But uh, uh, I, was, I was hitting the weights there, and I noticed in, in, in just a couple weeks I had added, you know, 30 pounds to my, my bench pressing weight, which wasn't much to start with. Don't laugh at me. <laughs> you know, uh, I added, uh, I, I shaved uh, almost four minutes off my mile on an elliptical and stuff, and it was just, you know, making some off, awesome progress. Things have been a little busy lately. <laughs> but uh, what happens is that the natural man gets strengthened with might. All of a sudden you can do things... That you never did before. I was running a mile faster than I ever had before, right? I was lifting more weight than I had before. The same thing is true spiritually. You will be able to face things you never faced before. You'll be able to serve in places you never never served before. You'll be able to go places in prayer that you've never gone before. There's doors for you to open. There's places for you to go. There's revelation for you to receive. Hallelujah, there's answers to be had. There's some things that are just waiting to happen for you as soon as your spirit man gets strong enough and just cracks through some of that stuff. And all of a sudden that blessing's going to flow. Hallelujah, but your spirit man must be strengthened by the Holy Ghost. 
Why do you think the Bible says? In Jude, uh, uh, verse 20, it says, But ye, beloved, building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right? How about uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 14? For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding or my mind is unfruitful. Right? Yeah. Right? 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. Uh, for no man understands him, howbeit in the Spirit, in the Spirit, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. Every time I spend time praying in tongues, I am building my spirit, man. He is being strengthened. He is gaining might. 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 That means power. That means power to break through. Power to walk in a new realm. Power to receive more from God. I'll tell you what. Imagine, now many of you know my, my oldest son, uh, Timothy. Now Timothy, he's built a little bit like daddy. He's kind of scrawny, right? And uh, 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 now, what if Timothy stayed that size for the rest of his life? What if he did? I mean, it's not going to happen. You understand he's going to grow up. But you understand, what, what, what if he stayed a toddler for the rest of his natural life? There's going to be things that he won't be able to do. Right? right. right? The same thing goes spiritually. Yeah. You, there are things and places you will never go, you will never get to, until you get out of that spiritual infancy stage, until you get out of that spiritual toddler stage. The Bible says, let us go on to full maturity. That's right. Amen. How are you going to go to full maturity? You're going to have to grow up. Yes. You're going to have to get stronger. You're going to have to grow up mightily in the spirit. Be strengthened in the inward man by the Holy Ghost. The Bible tells us one primary way to do that, pray in other tongues. Pray in tongues. Well, Pastor Tim, I tried praying in tongues, and my mind was wrestling me, and I got so distracted, I could only do that for five minutes. Well, didn't I tell you that sometimes one of the most uncomfortable places to be is that moment, that place where spirituality and uh, carnality collide? That's what happens when you start praying in tongues. You're praying in the spirit and your flesh starts to crawl. Your mind starts to short circuit because it hates being out of the loop. But the Bible says on the inside, the spirit man is pumping iron. Your spirit man is gaining might. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This is where believers fail to prosper. A lot of times Christians don't have a money problem. It's not a money problem. It's a spiritual problem. Amen. You you must understand that every form of lack, every form of lack that is in this natural realm can be solved with the Word of God. Every form of trial, uh, of lack, whether it's a lack of health, a lack of money, a lack of peace, a lack of joy, all that stuff, it's not material in its root. Its source is spiritual. That's right. That's right. Right? All the problems that the world has, it's spiritual at its root. It's not natural in its root. And sometimes we come across, we get ourselves into financial trouble and things like that because we haven't worked out spiritually like we should. Yes. That's absolutely right. That's right. Now, I'm not saying that's the case in, all, you know, in every case. We know that uh, uh, sometimes trials just come up. Satan just attacks for the purpose of attacking. We understand that. But let's not suffer because we've failed to exercise our spiritual nature. Yes, that's right. Amen. Amen. 
Glory to God. I love this scripture. That he would grant to you, according to the riches of his, of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit and his inner man. Notice Paul never prayed that they'd be given, given more money. He never prayed that they'd be made more healthy. He never prayed that, that depression and anxiety would go away from them. He said, just get them strengthened in their spirit. Why? Because Paul knew that the spirit of man nourishes him in his infirmity. Any form of weakness, your spirit can be strengthened and rise to the top and handle those situations. Well, did you get anything out of this tonight? We are a spirit being. Now, before we go, I was just going to give you some signs of an underdeveloped spirit man. Just some things. We mentioned some of these early early on. We talked about the definition of carnality. Here are some things that you can look for. You know you are, are underdeveloped spiritually when these symptoms are in your life. Number one, no hunger for God. I tell you what, when you're not hungry for God, you don't care to press in. There's no desire to be in church. There's no desire to pray. I tell you what, you've gotten spiritually weak. You better, you better uh, jump in and, 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 and stir up. Hallelujah. Stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of you. No word or prayer. Not hungry for God. That's a sign of an underdeveloped spirit man. Number two, worry, panic, and fear. The reactions the devil's always looking for. Worry, panic, and fear. Worry, panic, and fear give the devil permission to move into your life. That's absolutely right. Person that is chronically worried, chronically panicking, chronically afraid, it's because they have an underdeveloped spirit man. Caring, number three, caring what others think about you. It's because you're underdeveloped spiritually. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, it says, The fear of man bringeth a snare. Why do you care? Some of you weren't praising earlier on in, the, in this service because of someone sitting next to you. You're worried about what they were thinking. I'll tell you what, you didn't do them a favor by holding back. You did yourself a favor in your own mind, and you, you didn't do, you understand. Naturally, you thought you were doing yourself a favor, but you really weren't. Caring what others think of you, that's a sign of an underdeveloped spirit, man. Number four, being upset when others get blessed. That's a sign of an underdeveloped spirit, man. We talked about that. Number five, being offended at spiritual leaders. That is a sign of carnality. Ooh, boy. Yeah, isn't that the truth? What did, what did Peter say in the boat with Jesus? You know, in the midst of the storm when they were crossing the lake. Master, don't thou carest that we perish? Jesus, what's wrong with you? Don't you care about us? <laughs> That's what Peter thought of his spiritual leader. Why? Because Jesus didn't jump up and wear a hole in the bottom of that boat, pacing the deck, worried for him. I'll tell you what, I, I will tell you right now as your pastor, I will not jump up and pace the floor worrying for you. I will not do it. If you discern that as a lack of caring, then you've discerned incorrectly and you've proved your own carnality. Well, no, I'm not saying that to be mean or rude. It's just the truth. Some of you are really laughing about that. I'm not trying to be overly tough or whatever. I'm just saying it the way it is. Yeah. It's true. I, I've had people, Pastor Tim wasn't there for me. Pastor Tim was there for you. Yes. Come on. Pastor Tim was here Wednesdays and Sunday mornings 
and Monday through Monday, studying the Word of God for you, praying in the Holy Ghost for you, being built up spiritually, and delivering the message that was going to save your life. Pastor Tim was here for you and is always here for you. People say, oh, pastor wasn't there for me. Yeah, yes, he was. You know, and people say, oh, you know, you did this and you do that and, and stuff. You have no idea. Yeah. I didn't see you there leading that person to the Lord in that hospital yeah, minutes did. before their death. I didn't see you there. No, that's right. Come on. You know, and people, they get criti- critici- uh, start criticizing spiritual leaders. And it doesn't just go for, for me. It goes for any, any I mean, they, they do this with with. Uh, I mean, Brother Copeland and, and all these things that they put on TV, Creflo Dollar, and they just attack these people. They attack them. You know, obviously, we're a much smaller ministry and things like that. Those are national examples. But this is downright wrong. This is downright wrong. You know, and people have sent me letters calling me a hater, calling me this for things that I've written in the newspaper that are based upon the Word of God and stuff like that. And people ha- have attacked me and criticized me, and I'm a big boy. I can handle it. But all I simply say, and I say this with love and I say it with peace, I say, I, don't see, I didn't see you in the hospital room. I didn't see you there when a teenager showed up to my front door whose parent passed away in the middle of the night and they were sobbing. And I haven't had that experience once. I've had it three times. I didn't see you there. Right? They weren't there. I didn't see them there day after day after day, week after week after week, counseling the troubled marriage in my office. Didn't see them there. Didn't see them there when a person got healed of cancer. Didn't see them there. So people that get this attitude, it is carnality when people just go after and they attack. It is always a harassing spirit sent straight from the devil when, 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 whenever there is people, they, they get a hold, the spirit of, of, of harassment gets a hold of them. It is literally a demonic personality that gets a hold of people to start criticizing, harassing spiritual leadership. Absolutely. It is always a, a demonic spirit. Always. And see, you don't want to be, you don't want to be on, on that fence because when someone starts doing that with me, I have uh, Isaiah fifty four seventeen, And so do you. This isn't just the Pastor Tim verse. It's for everybody. It's not just for spiritual leaders. It's for every Christian. Right? But it says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises in judgment against me, I shall condemn. For this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. When people start speaking against this church and stuff like this, I speak right up. Not, maybe not to their face. I walk in love to their face, you know. I walk in love behind their back, too. You understand. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying it might not be exactly uh, public relations to say, I condemn that voice. But that's what I do when they're not around. I say, I love you, God bless you. But then if they're doing something to try to hurt this church, I get in the spirit. And I say, I condemn that voice. That's right. I condemn that voice. It is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and I have a right to to, to shoot it down. I don't go I don't go to try to wrestle it in the flesh. I don't try to debate those people in submission. I don't try to convince them what a loving, good, caring, Bible teaching church we are. Come on, come on. I don't try to convince them. Your church does this, your church does that. Okay. But when I get in the spirit, I condemn that voice. That voice that would try to cast down the work of God. I condemn it. And if if that person continues to stick their finger in in, in the light socket, so to speak, 
That's what they're doing. They're playing with the power of God. They're messing with the power of God, not because they're messing with me, but anyone that messes with any church that is called and raised up by God. You know, you don't want to be putting your finger in the light socket and getting, getting a touch from the power that you weren't supposed to get, right? There's a lack of reverence today. There's a lack of reverence in, in the body of Christ where they, they speak just freely, you know, they sit around the coffee table and they chew up their spiritual leaders, right? Right? <laughs> We've been invited to dinners where we were the dinner. <laughs> you know? And, okay. Okay. I, I'm a big boy. Can handle it. <laughs> you know? But just, just, I just know this. I'm obeying God. I'm obeying God. And it would go, again, it would go for any, any church, you know? And it goes for me, too. I don't want to find myself. I hear a lot of things that spiritual people, that spiritual leaders are doing in other places, in other churches, in other denominations and stuff. And I have no opinion. It's not my place to judge another man's servant, right? Romans chapter 14. Now, we can, we can preach and warn people against certain doctrines and policies and that, but I don't ever go out. You'll, you'll never notice. I, I never go after a, a preacher publicly. I would never do that. I don't care how wrong he is. Now, I would warn my people against wrong doctrine, but I don't ever mention names with it. It's just wrong. And so, you know... <laughs> That's free, no charge, right? Did you get some help here tonight? But that's carnality. It's carnality to think, well, my spiritual leaders weren't there for me. Yes, your spiritual leaders were there. You, didn't, you did not see when God inspired utterance in me and in my wife to pray you through something. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. weren't there. Yeah, weren't there. There's times when I hit my knees in prayer and I start seeing some of your faces. I start seeing in my spirit, God starts giving me utterance to pray uh, you through something and, and you go and get through something and you never had any idea. That's right. That God dispatched your shepherd behind the scenes. You never know that. And so what people, they don't understand that. They have no understanding of the love that God gives you for the people. I cannot explain to you, I can never put into, into words how much I love you. And before I start crying and get all, get all sappy up here, I'm, I'm saying it just from the straight truth. I love the people of this church. I pray nonstop for you. But if you think that caring for somebody is getting up and running in some panic mess to get to your side, listen, I was there for you. I taught you how to face it. I taught you how to face it. I, 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 I can't, you know, I won't be there by the bedside of 400 different people. There's just, it'll be impossible. As this church grows, it'll be even more impossible. Amen. And so what I do and what every good pastor should do, regardless if they have 10 people in their church or 400 or 4,000 in their church, they should love their people, teach them and prepare them how to handle, how to rebuke the spirit of fear, how to deal with trials, how to deal, how to grow spiritually, how to hear the voice of God, how to handle these things. You know, I get calls all the time. Pastor, 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 please pray, please pray. Well, I have no problem praying for you, but just make sure that you're doing some praying too. I can agree with you. I can't do your praying for you. Amen. Amen. Oh, we're just gone all over the place here tonight, haven't we? Praise God. Let's go ahead and let's pray. Father, we love you. We give you all the praise and all the glory tonight. Father, you're so good. We love you. Father, you're so wonderful. We give you the praise and glory. Father, we thank you for the word. And Lord, we just simply took a look at your word tonight that says that we are spiritual beings. We have 
a, a spirit man on the inside, the inward man, the hidden man of the heart. Father, it nourishes our natural body. It brings strength to us. Father, it can be added upon. It can grow. Father, it inspires love and patience on the inside. Father, it communicates with you. It desires your nature. It can, it can withhold and it can accept and it can uh, bring upon us the nature of God. And we can be led by the Spirit of God. We can be led into the perfect plan because we have this receiver on the inside of us. We can hear your voice. Father, we know that primarily it comes through the inward witness, that inward intuition that inward scratching, that inward witness, that still small voice on the inside. And Father, we thank you that it always leads us. And Lord, this is how you've desired to lead your people. That it was just a gentle tug in our heart with all that we would need. We're not stubborn animals. We don't need the reins yanked. Father, because we're sensitive. And it just takes a little tug from the Holy Ghost and we'll go your way. Father, we love you and we praise you. Father, we love you and we praise you. We love you and we praise you, Father. We love you and praise you. We love you and praise you. Lord, you're so good. You're so wonderful with all of our heart. Father God, we are, we are preparing for your return, Lord Jesus. But Lord, when you find us, you'll find us spiritual people. You'll find us desiring and making investments into, our, into the realm of the Spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost building up our most holy faith, praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit, strengthening our inward man, renewed and restored with vigor day by day. We receive revelation. We go into places in prayer that we've never gone before. We do things in this life that we've never done before. We accomplish for you, Father. And we have an intimacy with you that we never had before. And a relationship with you that we never had before. And a love walk we never had before. And a faith walk that we never had before. And, and a patience that we never had before. And a refusal to complain like we never had before. And the nature of God just spilling out of us like it never had before. An increase. And Father, we love you. And we give you the praise. And we give you all the glory. With every head bowed and every eye closed here, real quick before we dismiss, I just want to make sure everyone in here is born again. The first and foremost key to a spiritual life is to be born again, to have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You must receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It's the beginning of spirituality. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Jesus said this in John 3, 3. He said, no man can enter the kingdom of heaven unless he be born again. Born again. Obviously, that's not naturally. That's spiritually. You must be born again. Meaning when you confess Jesus as your Lord, the Bible says that God is going to recreate you on the inside. Your inward man will be recreated. And you will now be heaven bound. You'll be saved. You'll be given the, the presence of God on the inside of you. If you're here tonight and you can honestly say, Pastor Tim, I've never made that decision. I've never asked Jesus to be my Lord. But tonight's the night, and I need to do that. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to make you stand up or come down front. But if you're here and you know you need to make that decision, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. As soon as I see your hand, I'll have you put it right back down. I will lead you in a prayer. I will lead this entire congregation in a prayer. And you can just pray right along with us and make Jesus the Lord of your life right there in your seat. If that's you, could you lift your hand now? 
Is there anybody within the sound of my voice that has never made Jesus the Lord of their life? Is there anybody? If that's you and you know you need to, go ahead and get your hand up now. We want to pray for you. Is there, is there anybody? So that means everybody in this room has made Jesus the Lord of their life. Don't gamble with eternity. It's not a gamble you can win without Christ. Father God, we love you tonight. We praise you. We thank you for what we've learned. Father, we understand that there's times when we hear things that challenge our own thinking. And Father, we say, good. Challenge our thinking. Father, we thank you. We give you the praise. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Well, we're going to take up an offering. Uh, there's envelopes there in your seat. Hallelujah. The Bible says if we've been taught, it's right for us to sow. Praise God. Amen. You know, I think this is real interesting just to say, um, the Lord dealt with me about sowing something here tonight, and, and uh, I was um, in, the, in my office before, before service, and uh, the Lord dealt with me about something to sow. And I'm just going to tell him myself. Carnality tried to creep in and say, Aw! <laughs> you ever have that happen to you? <laughs> I wanted that! <laughs> you know? I guess I'm... Oh, you're all so spiritual. <laughs> where the, the Holy Ghost will speak to you and say, Hey, give that. I wanted that, you know? And I mean, the Lord just rebuked me just so clearly in my heart. And this is how, you know, it was just a witness in my heart. I'm not saying I heard these words, but this is the interpretation of that witness. I mean, the Lord just spoke to me on the inside, and uh, I just, this is what came out of it. Uh, the Lord, you know, just spoke to me and said, uh, what kind of service do you want to have tonight? <laughs> um, well, I want to have a good one. I want to, I want to have the anointing, and then, you know, uh, uh, just obeyed with some, you know, something like that. And uh, we, we, we see how it pertains to the flow of the service. Yes. And that's not just for the pastor, that's for the congregation. Yes. I mean, God will, I mean, he wants to, to manifest in, his move, in, in our midst, but he always needs someone to move out into faith, to do something, yes. you know, so he can gain entrance in our midst. Good. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Obviously, there's times when there's people, you, you've been sitting here, you've been on your way to church, God could tell you to give something or do something for somebody, and... Uh, it, oh, well, that was just inconvenient, or I didn't want to do that. But because you obeyed, you brought a greater supply to your church. Amen. Oh, boy. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet and just thank God. Father, we thank you tonight. Father, we are blessed. We are well supplied. The blessing of the Lord is upon us, and it maketh rich a good, full supply. Lord, you are our shepherd. We never lack. Father, you supply every single one of our needs. And Father, as we sow this seed, just go ahead and speak to your seed right now. Seed, we release you. You go. You go into the harvest field. You go and produce harvest. You increase the kingdom of God. Seed, we command you to go and to produce and come back multiplied in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Seed, you go and produce harvest. Hallelujah. Everyone say this with me as the buckets are going around. Say, all the money. That family church needs, it'll come. All the money that my house needs, it'll come. All the money that my business needs, it'll come. In Jesus' name, amen. People say, well, that's weird and, and that's funny. No, you need to be saying that all the time. Because God has provision for you. He wants to pay your way in life. 
but he needs your faith. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Folks, we love you. God bless you. We're going to, of course, uh, 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 we're not going to have prayer meeting again. Probably going to just hold off for a few weeks and then uh, start that back up. Praise the Lord. So at this time, you're dismissed.